0: On this podcast, we share a lot of stories and often the mental health aspect of the work we do creeps in. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or even overwhelmed, please consider visiting our sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you, and they even have therapists who specifically work with first responders. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. You can talk to your therapist in a private and online environment at your convenience. Many first responders work rotating and often odd schedules, so this format makes it really easy to talk to someone when it's convenient for you. If you don't click with your therapist, you can request a new one at no additional charge anytime. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com backslash roadie. That's betterhelp.com slash roadie, R-O-A-D-I-E. You can also find the link in the show notes. At 2213 Gordon Road, I a You gotta find a way to not really forget the memories, but know how to deal with them. On the Charlie side, just a little bit of fire left. The they they path. clear a path. I say, holy cow, they made a path for us. If you put a couple of first responders together in a room, something interesting happens. Before too long, they'll begin sharing stories. They're not trying to one up each other, they're simply finding common ground. I was fortunate enough to serve my community as a paramedic and a firefighter for over 25 years. As you can imagine, during that time, I acquired my fair share of stories about the incidents and the calls I was involved in. I thought I might write a book, but then I decided sharing these stories collectively in a podcast would give anyone listening an insider's view into the work that first responders do every single day. These are the stories of the men and women who courageously serve the public or as I like to call them, Stories from the Road. Welcome back to Stories from the Road. I'm your host, Phil Klein, And on the podcast today, uh, my old friend Jay is here. Officer Jay is here to share another story. And this one isn't really a first responder story, but this one talks about uh, his time in the military. And uh, I remember when he told me about the story, I think my response was, man, I got to hear that one. So uh, Jay, it's a pleasure to have you back on the podcast. Uh, folks will remember that you shared uh, episode nine from season four. The episode was titled "Healing," and it talked about an incident that you had at work. So, I'll turn the mic back over to you and let you share your story from the road.
1: All right, thanks for having me. Um, so, so pretty much, I wanted to come back on. Um, I don't like these these speaking engagements. It's not it's not great for me, but it's uh, it's nice that that people get to hear. The actual side of, of things From from actual guys that did things But uh, The last podcast was kind of hard for me It was very emotional And um, it was pretty deep uh, However <laughs> I have a I saw something on uh, Facebook or Instagram about uh, About some guys In the military and it, and it uh, reminded Me of, of this story I want to tell It involves a, a Claymore uh, a claymore mine, a herd of goats, and a fire. (laughs) So,
0: I believe that's the point where I said, I got to hear this.
1: I I think so. I think so. So uh, let me just give you a little background of my military. Um, I was in for only four short years in the Marine Corps. You know, I I enlisted straight out of uh, of high school. I was like, oh, I want to be infantry, of course, because you have to. Um, so I, I do that whole thing. I, I get to my, uh, unit, I was stationed in a Hawaii and it was great. You know, it was fun. I did a lot of of cool things. Uh, but this story is actually on my third deployment and, uh, it, it was in Afghanistan. So, uh, yeah, I guess let's just jump right into it. Uh, it was around, June, I believe, of 2006 in uh, the Korangol Valley. Um, I'm not sure if you know about the Korangol Valley. It was on, uh, it it takes place, uh, Restrepo was a documentary, but also uh, Lone Survivor. That's where that whole thing took place. I was there on my second deployment when he, uh, when that whole nonsense happened, and then I came back to the same area. So again, this isn't going to be a war story. It's not going to be about you know firefights and combat and all that stuff. It's so, but uh, uh but anyway, we go on this this patrol and, and we go up this mountain. Where we're we're uh, providing an overwatch for this this big mission going on uh, down in the valley. So, and it's and we had a uh, uh, we had intel that it was going to be you know expect. Expect combat, expect, uh, expect contact. So we're all ready and we get down to this spot and I set up a, uh, a trip flare. I think it was a white phosphorus, uh, grenade. I tied it to a tree. It was like this, uh, this big, it it was like a, was a path. It was a well-traveled path and it was this big, uh, this big dead tree. So I, I tied it up out of there and then right behind it, I had a claymore mine. And I don't know if you know about a claymore mine, but it's, uh, it's pretty much a brick of C4 with like 700 steel ball bearings that fly out at extremely high rate. <laughs> you don't want to be in the front of it. Um, so I set it up and then, uh, a couple hours goes by it's the middle of the night something trips the uh, trip flare. And I go, Holy shit. It actually, someone's there. And I, I, I click the, uh, I click the, the uh, mine. It goes off and we start opening it up. And then we, and then we don't hear anything from, from down below. We hear some, like some movement, but we don't have uh, like any gunshots. I'm like, all right, well, I guess we took out some ambush. And then I go down there to, uh, you know, to assess what's going on. And I see a whole herd of goats slaughtered. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, you know, it was, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty rough. Um, but of course we're like, all right, well, who's goats. Where's the people that were coming to ambush us. <laughs> and we're like, nope, just, we just destroyed this, this herd of goats. So, uh, now fast forward a couple hours, you know, we had a, I radio that in and, and now the, uh, it's the start of the mission. So it started at sunrise and now we're, you know, doing the overwatch and we start seeing a fire spread from where the trip flare was. And it starts burning down this, the, tree that I tied it to, and it starts spreading from that tree to next tree and, and going from there. Now, fast forward a couple hours, and it's the whole side of this, this mountain. And we're like, this is getting this is getting a little crazy. So we're only supposed to be there for a couple days, so we ran out of food and water because the emission got extended. So now we have to get a, 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 a helicopter resupply. <laughs> but at this point, by the time the, the helicopters came in, we burnt down probably most of the mountain. It's a whole mountainside. And then the front of our mountain, we're on this this uh this finger portion. So we burnt down almost this whole thing and fires all around us. And we're like, huh, this is gonna be interesting. <laughs> so the, the helicopter is coming in and uh the, uh, I guess because of the terrain and the flames and smoke they couldn't get super close to us. So they uh, start start launching out these these uh, boxes of MREs and, and you're like dude, I'm starving. I just want a, a chili Mac MRE And then you see it and it hits the ground and it explodes <laughs> and then he and then a guy tosses a, uh, a, a case of uh, water you know, a bunch of water bottles and it hits it and it hits the ground and it just explodes. You're like how the hell are we going to eat and drink water? And, and then, uh, this one box of MREs he takes I'm like, all right, this one's going to land on us. So we go and, and it hits the side and it just goes off the cliff. I'm like, well, damn, that one didn't explode. So what do we do now? <laughs> um, and we start asking them about like, Hey, can we get, uh, can we get down here? This is, uh, you know, this is getting a little crazy. There's fire. It's all around us now. And we're like, can someone come put it out to like, no, just let it burn down. I'm like, well, we're kind of still here. They're like, yeah, but it's keeping the, the enemy from coming up and, uh, and flanking you. And, uh, like at this point we had a bunch of A10s flying around and, and providing security for us. Uh, we had a couple, uh, I don't know what they were, some fast moving jets that were just going up and like, so, so we burnt down the mountain and now there's also these, these planes coming in and like lighting up the mountain for either a scare tactic or, um, or a, uh, well, this one is, a bunch of guys were trying to ambush us so the the A-10s just, just lit them up. But this whole time, we're like, how the hell are, are we going to get some food? So we have this this one redneck guy from uh, like South Dakota or something. He goes, he goes, hey, I have an idea. He goes, I'll be back. I'm like, well, you can't go by yourself. He goes, don't worry, I'll be back. He comes back like an hour or two later. And he's dragging a goat. Like, was that the goat that we explode? He goes, No. He goes, I, I was uh I, I saw this this herd of goats coming in, so I climbed a tree and I waited for it to uh, walk underneath me. I jumped on its back and split its throat. I go, <laughs> What the hell are we doing now? So uh so so we come back, we're like this is insane. Like, well, we have fire, so we can cook it. <laughs> so we, we took the, uh, it's a hot sauce packets that were in the MREs and we're trying to get this, this, F, this Afghani goat to marinate in a hot sauce. And, and we, we took down sticks and we're cooking this goat over this fire as, as we're, you know, uh, providing us uh, the security for this mission. And we're like, what the hell this is, I'm like, no, one's going to believe this. So fast forward to, to current, uh, to the current day, uh, my buddy came down from, or to Florida from, uh, somewhere terrible in uh, the Northeast. And, uh, we have lunch with our wives and, and we start talking, telling old stories. And, uh, this story came up and I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to tell it on a podcast. He goes, Dude. It was, it was everyone I tell about it because no one believes us because it's so like, like who kills a, a herd of goats with, with a claymore. And then, then you have to jump on a back and slit a throat of a goat just to eat because there was no food. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, that's, that's a story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, it, it did not disappoint. I can tell you that. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's always fun to, uh, you know, to talk about the, the military and, uh, like the first responder stories that are always, you know, cause everyone wants to talk about blood and guts. Well, I guess this one had it, but not in the same, in the same aspect, but like everyone wants to hear these, these war stories of, uh, <clears throat> Of being in war or like how many, um, like with, with first responders, like, Oh, what was the the craziest call you've been on? And we're like, we don't want to talk about that. We want to tell the fun stories. We want to tell, Oh, this, this one day this happened and it was, it was funny where I think a lot of people in our, in our profession, they always forget to tell those, those, those fun stories to the you know, regular civilian. And I think it's pretty important.
0: I think you're 100% right. You know, we're, people are curious, naturally curious about the things that we do. And uh, whenever I speak to a graduating class of EMTs or paramedics, I always remind them that people are going to have questions. And just because people have questions, it doesn't mean that you have to answer those questions. Uh, because there is that curiosity. This actually, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but uh, Paul Combs is a uh, illustrator and he does fire. I think he's in Firehouse Magazine and he does these, these great illustrations about the job. And he's got one that, that always resonated with me. It's a firefighter on a subway. And, uh, there's some businessman sitting next to him and he says, you know, oh, you're a firefighter. That's so cool. You know, what's the worst thing you've ever seen. And then there's three ghosts standing next to him. It's a firefighter. It's a child. And I think there's someone, someone else, maybe a man or something along those lines. Um, and the caption says, you know, which one of us are you going to tell him about Yeah, it? You know, those, those things do exist. and they're, they're in our minds and, and we don't want to talk about it. So. When you have the opportunity to share a story like this, I think it's important to share these just as much as you know the ones that are you know that affect us because I think they both have a tremendous amount of value. It's one of the reasons why I like having uh, retired Detective Vincent on the on the podcast, and I am going to see if I get him to come back because he has this great perspective. You know, he spent twenty years in New York City as an emergency services police officer, and just has this great perspective on the job. Yeah, uh,
1: I I definitely listened to uh, him on some of my long runs. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm on like mile 18 or 20. I'm like, I'm, I'm cracking up to myself. I probably look like a crazy person. I mean, if if the shoe fits, right. But,
0: (laughs) (laughs) well, you are running like 200 miles a day or whatever it is you're doing now. (laughs) Well,
1: I just signed up for a a triathlon for, uh, you know, for an Ironman now. So, so no longer, uh, ultra marathons. It's only a triathlon. So, well, there you go. <laughs> That'll keep you busy. But you know, you
0: and, and we've talked about this. You do that physical exercise, and it's and it's it's good for you. It's healing for you, isn't not that right? Oh,
1: absolutely. And I feel like on on the days that are like my rest and and uh, recovery days, or days that uh, I'm just too tired to get up and go run, I I feel like a different different person. Like my uh, my emotions are are stronger or something like that, but if i if i go run or if i go hit the gym or swim or something like that i can start the day one with you know you just check a big box of oh i just ran 5 miles it's great and you you burn off all that that stress from the days before or the anxiety of the upcoming day i think it's very important to go out and and not only go and just clear your head but you build your body, you build your uh, your mind, and if you go out with uh, you find like a, a like a workout group. I was saying last time, you find a workout group, and uh, this morning it was five thirty in the morning. I'm doing doing burpees and pushups on on a football field, and we're there's fifteen of us, and we're we're telling jokes, we're we're making fun of each other, you know, for fun, and uh, it's it's like being back you know, back on the road with, with people because it's, it's that fun, it's that fun banter. And, and uh, now you're just working out. So you're, you're checking a lot of boxes when you do that. And I think it's extremely important and it gives you goals. And, uh, it's clear in my mindset. It, it starts to change you too. I, I, uh, I was talking to my wife yesterday. We, we, uh, we're on a two hour drive for my son and we go, we're, we're talking. And I was like, Oh, I was like, oh, I found this this race, this fun race. I I may do if you guys want to join me. And she goes, oh, all right. Well, what is it? I'm like it's it's a hundred mile bike ride. She goes, oh, for the month? I go, no, it's a one day ride. It's a fun a fun family ride. She goes, who are you? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> she goes, clearly. I'm like, and she, you know, the days when I would go and, you know. Uh, like, Oh, I can't wait to try this, this whiskey or, you know, go, go party here to now. Oh, I think I'm going to go bike uh, 100 miles just because <laughs> like the last time I was on, I, uh, I did the, uh, I did my first ultra marathon. That was, that was a 50 mile run. And, and people are asking me, Oh, you doing it for, for charity. you doing it for this. You're doing it for that. I'm like, I'm doing it cause I want. Cause a lot of people don't understand the, the, the aspect that it, it plays on your body and how, you know, just going out, I was saying before, just going out and it clears your head and you go through some, some misery and then you get that, that great, uh, reward at the end of, you know, a, a, a medal and, and a banana. <laughs> so it's, it's all, it's all great. It's all fun. So, the last time you were on here, you told a story, and I know you shared that
0: with uh, some of the guys you work out with and some friends uh, since we have a few minutes left uh Tell me about that experience and and their feedback and how you know how you took that feedback from that last yeah,
1: story. yeah so so again uh, last time we uh we talked about a, a fatal officer involved shooting that I was in, and a bunch of the guys that i i I hang out with i i I work out with um They know a little bit about me, but they don't know because I I don't like to talk about it. I don't like to because a lot of people think it's like a, you know, if if they hear that, they they think that I'm crazy or, you know, all these these bad these bad things or they they think it's like a like a badge of honor. And it's 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 none of those. So I, I started sharing it with the guys and so many people were reaching out to me like, holy shit! I didn't realize that that this this incident was so, or it impacted your life so much. And so many people were saying that they're like, thank you for for just opening up, so we get to know you, we get to hear the other side of it. Especially because of the news, you you only hear the one side of of the news, or you just read the headline. You know, a uh, cop shoots, you know, X, Y, or Z and you're, you, you never think about the officer that's involved and, and you should, it's, it's right. in it's officer involved shooting. Um, but I feel like a lot of people just, they, they think it's just another day at the job and, and, uh, and, and how it affects every aspect of, of your life. Um, but yeah, it was, right. I know a lot of people that are, um, that are just sharing it with, with a lot of people, with, with a lot of friends and people still on the job. Uh, my one buddy is, is, uh, is teaching at, at, at a couple colleges and he uses that or clips from that as his, his opening for his class to say, look, it's not just a badge. It's not just a police card, you know? and police lights and guns and but I'd take this is it's real people. So when he told me that, that, that he was using that as a, um, to, to open up his, his, uh, you know, his, his lectures, I was, I was blown away and, you know, hopefully it finds the right person that, you know, could use some, some guidance or some understanding, so that's that's all I uh, that's all that I hope for that you know it's it's pretty good.
0: I have an EMS instructor who does the same thing. She shares a lot of the uh, podcast episode with her class, and we get the same reaction. You know, it, it personalizes. Oh, the it's, job. it's
1: it's great. It it absolutely is, and again, it's it's to put a face or to put a name to an incident, and it doesn't have to be a shooting. It could be. Um, it could be anything and to realize what, what people to start talking about what is going on with people I, I feel like that's that's very important because um, there's there's a lot of of, of anti-police statements, anti this, anti that um, and then the whole stigma of of uh of ptsd and critical incidents and and everything it's i feel like more people need to to hear and to talk about it
0: so. i agree and hopefully this podcast is uh, is a way for people to connect and to share those stories and find them relatable and uh, realize that they're not alone in the, what they feel as they go through these things
1: yeah 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 absolutely i totally agree
0: well jay thanks for thanks for coming back on the podcast and uh the story did not disappoint. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah. Uh, on behalf of everybody listening to this podcast, thank you for your service to your country. We, we appreciate you. Um, we know it was a difficult time for you and we certainly appreciate you and, and those other veterans that served and, and kept us safe. So thank you for that. Um, you are welcome to come back and, and share some more. <laughs> I don't know if we can top a goat in a claymore, but we can certainly try. Uh, but anytime you want to come back to the podcast and uh, let your friends know that are using this podcast for those uh, classes, if there are uh, anything that, that I can share with them to help them you know, spread the word and, uh, and, and and really talk about some of the issues here, I'm more than willing to do that. So just let them know uh, anything from this podcast is available to them.
1: But thank you for being All right, great. Thanks for having me.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a minute and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast platform you enjoy. Stories from the Road is a Brown Dogs Media Group production. This one-man show is written, edited, and produced by Phil Klein. Show notes are written by Jennifer Roig. If you have a story you would like to share, please contact us at storiesfromtheroadpodcast at gmail.com. To learn more about this show, please visit storiesfromtheroadpodcast.com. Thank you for listening.